When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Is that a Ramona? Ah, ah, brown sauce yeah, is gone. Busy yeah, drinks is gone. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stedka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Got a packed, packed show, even though there is not a whole hell of a lot going on in the world of Tottenham Hotspur this week. Uh, we're somehow going to talk to you for a little while about all the little things that are going around the club. I've got a full crew to join me with that discussion this week. We'll start by throwing it out to the Todd father himself. He is at TC underscore the show. Todd, what's going on, my friend? Boys, any day that uh, you get to get together with your mates and talk Spurs is a good day. It's uh, sun is shining, dogs are barking. You can probably hear them in the background, fuck my neighbors. And uh, you know we're uh, we're excited to be here and, and to chat with y'all. Spurs have have uh, still already made three signings in this window. Just want to go ahead and point that out. Clearly, gotten the best deal of the window so far, regardless of your personal beliefs about him as an individual and the things going on outside of his life for twenty five million for Ibasuma. Um, and are hot on the trail of a variety of different prospects before we head off to uh, Southeast Asia to witness uh, the homecoming of one Hungman's son. It's going to be pretty exciting times here in the next few weeks, Andrew, and I'm excited to lay it out with you. Yeah, it really feels like the, the season kind of just ended a few weeks ago, and we're already looking to ramp up to another one. So um, that is that is quite something. Scott's also with us. He is at DSM Spurs on Twitter. Scott, what's going on with you, man? Chilling. Not much going on. Playing a lot of NHL. Just moved. That's nice. Nice to be out of those hotels. Uh, for those that don't know, I was at, place was was under a renovation. Is the Cliff Notes version. So good month in a hotel, but I'm I'm glad to be home. And Andrew is probably happy from a Wi-Fi perspective that I am home as well. So I am. Yeah, it's it's way better, and we can hear you loud and clear today, uh, which is what we're going to hope from Shuban as well. He is with us from London at the Real Shuban. Shubs, what's going on, mate? Hey, what's the form, guys? Yeah, um, just looking forward to having a bit of crack about Spurs, and um, yeah, let, let, let's do this. Chopping it up, chopping it up. That's what we're going to do. It is episode sixty-nine, by the way. So, cheers to everyone for making it this far in hey. the Tottenham Depot experience. Uh, also want to take a moment to shout out the Extra Inch podcast. Big shout out to Absolutely. Wendy for um, giving us a little dap on their podcast last week following the conversation that we had surrounding Ibasuma. Um, it was a really important one. It meant a lot to us. Uh, it meant a lot to get a lot of the feedback from the listeners. And if you are a new listener, welcome. We are um, happy to have you. That last podcast uh, did bits and uh, we are happy to have all of you on board listening to the Tottenham Depot going forward. Uh, hopefully we can keep you entertained and you know get you through this this summer period where there is not a whole lot going on however as you alluded to todd um camp is kind of gonna get started here this week uh, we got word from football.london that oliver skip jeff atanganga and matt darty are all gonna start to show up to camp as early as monday this week uh, we're recording this of course on the 26th um the sunday and the rest of the team is going to start showing up next week ahead of the team's july 9th trip to south korea um the, it's here guys it's like all of a sudden we, we've been talking transfers for weeks we've we've got the new signings and more to come and outgoings but all of a sudden todd like camp is kind of upon us and this team's going to actually start playing in what are not meaningful games, but meaningful games from the stance of their preseason friendlies. And we're going to be ramping up here to a new Premier League season in like another six weeks. Yeah, um, this is an interesting one, Andrew. It's I'm excited, obviously, for, for fans of Premier League football, for fans of Tottenham Hotspur, we're excited to have Tottenham, meaningful Tottenham matches back as soon as possible. I mean, who's not? But um, 
at the same point in time, you kind of have to feel for these players and you, and you have to feel for these coaching staff uh, members. It's uh, Last season was a rough one. There's a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> There's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of things going on. And then you add to that the fact that oh, we've got multiple members of our team getting married this offseason. Like <laughs> wild shit is going on in the world of Tottenham Hotspur. And we're over here like, oh, you know, business as usual. But three weeks later, what kind of offseason is that? Oh, wait, Andrew, I think it may have something to do with the fact that some sort of uh, crooked mugs over at FIFA decided to plop a fucking World Cup directly in the middle of the God-blessed season. But um, I don't know. I think uh, our approach this summer, making moves, making moves early, continuing to bang on about uh, expanding the squad to bring in meaningful members uh, to play meaningful minutes, is ultimately going to pay dividends when you're going to be looking at a guy like Harry Kane, who's literally going to play back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back seasons with outside of injury time, a total of like eight weeks off? Yeah, I mean, we tore through the the Premier League fixture schedule on the last pod and talked about how, you know, the month of October and even into a little bit of November is gnarly as shit. I mean, there's like a 12 games in six weeks stretch for Tottenham and the games and the, the workload and all of that is going to be really, really intense. And, you know, they've, they've made some signings and we know that more are to come. I've seen a lot of in the last week, week and a half or so, a lot of, um, and I, I, I liken this to just the, the stupid potatoes on the internet, but a lot of stressing going on about the fact that Spurs have not made more signings to this point. And I just preach patience to all of these goobers because honestly, what else can I do? Um, there's a lot of people who are fl- flipping out at the fact that Spurs have not signed seven more players since the three that they've already signed. Um, and really, I mean, they do need to build up some depth, right, Scott? I mean, that's kind of where we're at. But at the same time, there's still a month and a half until the season really kicks on. Yeah, lots of time. I don't know. I, I think uh, it's just it's a it's a microcosm of the macro that is Tottenham fans not handling or maybe being grateful for the things that are going on around the club and that's that's been consistent across the past decade of growth for this club what i would consider a lack of a uh, gratitude from the fan base towards what the what the club is trying to do right and it's just it's just modern football people want immediate results and i think that's just kind of the modern western world honestly just the, the the need for immediate 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 uh you know satisfaction so whatever i guess to those people let them do their thing right the less time you're on twitter the less you have to deal with that shit um yeah but i fully expect the club to go do what it needs to do without a doubt i mean there's there's no way we're not i think you know, it's it, it it sounds like there's there's a lot going on that we're certainly going to speculate on, and sometimes you can paint between the lines as to what things, or sorry, read between the lines as to why those things are happening, right? Sometimes sometimes you can't, but without a doubt, all you have to do is look across, you know, the past four months of or sorry, four weeks of activity from the club, and logic only tells you that the club is handling its business just fine. Um, and there's really no reason to think otherwise. So yeah, I agree with you. Just chill out. Yeah, chill out. Indeed, I've I've been trying to avoid the internet for for myriad other reasons this week. It's obviously been a, a horrendous week in America for 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 those things. But the little bit that I have seen, it, it feels like the lack of um, actual announcements of signings for for Spurs has led a bunch of Spurs fans to just go pick on Arsenal for 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 everything mm-hmm. that they're doing. Shuban, have you seen any of this? Because all I've seen is Arsenal fans. Uh, praising the fact that they think uh, Gabriel Jesus is going to come in and score 20, 25 goals for them, and they're they're going to be top of the league again. But it, it has been kind of amusing seeing Spurs fans take the piss out of of, of the Gooners, right? Well, obviously, TC makes me laugh at this because so there was one guy, there was one, is it, was it Marquinhos? And I was like, oh my God, they signed a PSG lad? And he was like, no, it wasn't. But he actually, he actually had increased. I was like, it probably was that. They probably thought it was that guy. Honestly, um. I just don't really. I'm not like that. This thing. I want to be the best Arsenal, so I'm hoping that whoever they sign is going to be good for them, and therefore we beat the best Arsenal because that makes us a better team. But really, I couldn't care less. I mean, I was in Highbury, was it about five, six days ago? Ran into, ran into some mates. 
we were chatting and he was he was like, how are you doing? So well, we signed a few players. He goes, yeah, they're decent. So, I mean, here's the thing. I think right now there isn't a lot of, I don't know how it works for you guys, but our tabloids are very much driven by the sports back pages. Yeah. And so we they need to be saying something. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yeah. So the Sun, the Mirror, the Daily Express, whatever. But the Sun and the Mirror, definitely, that is their big thing. It's the back pages. That's what moves the needle as much as the front page for them. And um, that generates clicks. I mean, for me, the best thing was, so I mentioned the website, but there was a big lot of excitement about Eric's coming back. I got, I got really excited. I got sucked into it, and I was a really happy, welcome back, my prince, all that kind of stuff. And then it proved not to be the case. Yeah. And this one website took absolute, God knows how much abuse, and I found that hilarious. I just couldn't stop laughing. In fact, it was funny for me. So, so for me, I just love how it's, I just, it's more the comedy around it. I just find it hilarious. Not the actual what's going on with Spurs, just all the, like, oh, we're getting this, oh, we're going right. to get this. Right. I don't think I was talking about how good he's going to be. He's a very good player, but I'm actually, wait, so wait a minute. So uh, he's going to score more goals. He's going to get a 20 goals a game season, but which he never had at Man City because Arsenal's creative team are better than Man City's. I, I couldn't work it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then CC literally just throwing arrows, and I'm just like pissing myself laughing. <laughs> Sorry, I've missed that laughing too much. Yeah. So a couple points on this. Um, I was on this podcast a few weeks ago saying that I would prefer Gabriel Jesus to Richarlison. Um, and I said that because of Champions League experience. And I said that because he fits more of a profile of a backup striker um, than Richarlison does, who fits it as more kind of like that Swiss Army knife attacker. Um, what I will also say about that is that uh, that was before I took a firm look at Gabriel Jesus's um, like XG numbers and his missed <laughs> chance numbers and just the amount of times that he should have done something more productive that he did. And it um, completely makes sense why he was a backup striker for a team that didn't have an actual striker last year. Uh, <laughs> so in terms of... Um, the potatoes uh, on the, uh, the the Arsenal side of, of the internet. Um, if you've taken it for as long as we've taken it from those clowns, it feels nice to like legitimately standing, be standing there going, no, 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 not that Marquinhos, the other one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's funny is like you say, if we've taken it for as long as we've taken it, they've, unfortunately for us had had to take it from us because when's the last time that they finished above us like it's it's they are they're the ones yes that was rhetorical but thank you (laughs) like they're the ones climbing up that ladder uh, and and constantly getting the foot in their face uh pushing them back down so it is kind of nice to be in that position um you know on the other side of things Shuban, to your point, talking about the tablet, like that's a honestly what we try to mostly avoid. Like we talk rumors, we talk that, but like you guys know me, that that whole mindset, that whole tabloidy stuff is why I'm not a big fan of transfer season, is because a lot of it, like the Erickson thing, like this Richarlison thing, like the Rafina thing, like the Jesus thing, like all of it is rumor until it's not, um, and that's kind of where I stand on all of it. But that being said, there is a lot of buzz out there right now about Richarlison and about Rafina. And I figured it would be a good place for us to just sit and say, do either of these players feel necessary? Do either do, do one of these players feel more necessary than the other? Um, where, where Scott, where are we at with both of these players in your mind? And, you know, not that we have any definitive answers because as we constantly say, we don't know the answers. We're mm-hmm. here to react to to what happens. But Scott, where are you with these two guys? Yeah, honestly, I think they're both stylistically similar. I think they're both about at the same level of quality. Um, I so I think for for me, it's Richarlson, and 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 I'm going to 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 lay the result in front of you know the reasoning or whatever, and then back it up. But when I dissect the two and I talk about how similar they are. I really look at one differentiation between the two, actually two differentiations between the two that are that are super important. One, 
I think Richarlson is a little bit more capable of playing at the very top of, of the setup, right, than Rafinha is. And I do think that's important for Tottenham um, for reasons that we all understand and many of our listeners have heard us discuss at this point around the striker position, right, and the nuances around Kane and et cetera, right? So I think Richarlson does suit that better. But most importantly, that dude is the guy that you hate to play against but love to have line up against you. And that's that's why I want him at Tottenham, right? Like, he is just a shithouser. Um, and if you want me to add a third reason, he's also probably more a little aligned to playing a bit part role because he just about got relegated, right? And Rafinha, same position, actually, I should say, with Leeds United. But I think Richarlson carries more of the burden at Everton than maybe Rafinha does at Leeds. Like, Leeds... Everton underperformed massively where Leeds kind of just like ended up where they probably were going to. Right. So for Charleston, he has a little bit more to prove. And I think what better way to do that than to accept a role with Tottenham that allows you to prove yourself when we're, when, when asked to do so. Right. But understand that you're going to play champions league football and take a run at the premier league title in all honesty at the expense of not starting every game. Right. So I, I, it just makes sense for a few reasons for me but i will also say if we announce rafinha tomorrow i'll say fuck yeah let's go baby we just signed a hell of a soccer player right so it it, it can't go wrong for me it's so interesting how you kind of describe and look at both of those players because we kind of know with with spurs current front three of son kane and kulisevsky we know that anybody that they bring in as part of that front three is going to be playing a lesser role than they would on their current team, whether it be Richarlison, Rafina, whether it would have even been Jesus, um, who it obviously won't be now. But whoever it may be, if it's one of those two guys, if it's someone else, is going to be playing a lesser role. And it's so interesting to me because the biggest draw for someone to do that, in my opinion, is Champions League. And that's something that Spurs can offer that some of these other teams, like Arsenal, like, you know, they they they, they simply can't. Um and it's so different than when Spurs were previously in the Champions League a few seasons ago because Spurs were not in a position where they were adding a fourth or maybe even fifth attacker to a front three. They were really adding, you know, Fernando Llorente. And no offense to Fernando Llorente, but like he was their backup option. And now it's it's almost like, oh, you could maybe have Richarlison or Rafina as your backup option in a front three. I'm sorry, but one of these things is not like the other. And it's so interesting to me that Spurs are in such a different position with this era of Champions League football than they were, you know, three, four seasons ago, where, where, where they're looking at these names to, to, to be, I hate even calling them bit part players, but squad players, depth players, rather than guys that are going to be featuring week in, week out. Well, one of the things that matters is the stadium. We were still at Wembley yeah. at the time in 2018. And I think we, we spoke about this off air, but I think there are four concerts happening in the next two weeks because there, there's, there's a lot of adverts and press happening in London for the Lady Gaga and Guns N' Roses that's going to happen in a couple of weeks, whenever. And the stadium is just, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been, I think, Scotty, you've been to the new stadium. But, but I don't know if, Andrew, have you had a chance to go to the new stadium yet? It's an absolute machine of mummy and food and Beer and merchandise. It's just, it's honestly, it's honestly, it's like I remember when I went to, was it, um, well, I don't know what this, what the Houston Stadium is, but literally I was a tourist in that stadium and I was about to buy gear. And I was like, literally, I'm going to go on Daniel Levy's wet dream, basically, because there's a bunch of people that are going to go to the Spurs Stadium. They're never going to go to Spurs ever again, but they will buy God knows how much crap that we're going to shift it to them. Yeah. And yeah, that, yeah. That's the thing. We were, we're Basically, we, this is something we wanted to do many years ago, but we couldn't because of COVID. We now have, a, you know, this, this stadium makes cost us how much money and we're in the Champions League. So we've got the draw as well as the ability to make, you know, to actually utilise our being in the Champions League. It's not just Champions League money making the team. It's actual stadium money as well as Champions League money and the draw. So, yeah. Well, I, I don't think that that can be understated. I mean, when you actually look at the revenue numbers, the revenue numbers that came out from last year, Spurs were like fifth uh, among all the clubs in Europe in terms of g- revenue generated, and it was insane. So, if you're looking at that, that's one year Andrew back in the stadium in 2018. Andrew Le- uh, uh, Daniel Levy was just coming off of a year of not buying a single fucking person. 
Yeah. And so you're looking at that going, of course, we're in a different position to 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 do something here. I do agree that um, it feels weird, not in a bad way, um, to have names like Richarlison and Rafinha looking to be the squad depth. I agree with that entirely. Um, it's a, it's just like a, it feels like a new era. Well, it feels like we actually have someone in charge on the football side that knows what the fuck they're doing instead of just looking yes. for a dryer when your washer's broken. Well, yeah, really, really quick. I think Todd bridges to my point I really wanted to make here, which was was that Tottenham, a huge reason why we're discussing your excellent point, Andrew, around the fact that Richarlison and Rafinha are now our backup striker options, right? Tottenham is acting like a big club. And I don't, and I'm not going to say finally, because I don't think it was, it, we were ever outside of the scope of the plan when we weren't, but we, we are, we are doing what I've seen Premier League clubs do for years, which is sit and wait to pounce on these players who use a club like Leeds to get into England and learn the game. And the second they have an opportunity to leave, they want to, and Tottenham comes in and moves faster than everyone else to draw interest and, 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 and get them into the club. Right. So it is it's a mix of everything you guys are saying for sure champions league timing conte being here which is a huge piece of this right but ultimately we are going in and in at least initiating these negotiations months earlier than we have in the past and that's why we're also discussing richarlson because Two years ago, he goes to Chelsea all fucking day. Like, I would literally put so much money that... That's it, a good point. Yeah, like, without question, he goes to Chelsea. And fucking probably Rafinha does, too. And then they both come off the bench and beat us in the Premier League, you know? Um, so, so, so I, I just... I really mean that. And it's important to point out what a good job Paratici and, and, and Levy and whoever is involved in all of this is doing. I'm, I'm very impressed. Well, and not to mention the fact that we we also we, we, we talked about the fixtures and like what a what a nightmare it's going to be to get through this season, let alone just getting getting to like February um, between the World Cup and the, the pileup in October and into November. Um, and then the pileup, there's another pileup in, in April that we that we talked about last week. So not just to mention that you're going to have to bring those guys off the bench a lot throughout the Premier League season and throughout yes. Champions League fixtures in order to get through. I mean, if, if I'm if I'm Levy or or Conte or whoever is is speaking with Richarlison as well, right? You're fucking seeing the field thirty-five of these thirty-eight games, but like come to Tottenham, right? You're not gonna start a lot of them, but you're gonna see the field. Like anytime we need something up top as a shakeup, Richarlison is such a good option and he plays all three of those positions like effectively, right? So um it's it's really exciting and it's exciting to be at a point where we can say like hey Kane you're going to come off in the 60th quite a quite a bit as well right because we've got a guy that can carry the load now um yeah just one more for what Scott said about the work the board have done um I think our friends been linked to Barcelona I've always said you know what I never want Spurs to do a Leeds or do a Portsmouth because I don't want them getting bankrupt Barcelona can't even register free signings yet they can't, as I think, Kessel and a couple of other players, because they have to show they've got mo more money coming coming in or something, a four times the amount of money coming in compared to the money going out. We are not in that position. No. I've given him a lot of crap, and he's deserved a lot of stuff. I've, I've you know, many, not just me, have given him. But the financial position we are in is because he did exercise restraint, and probably maybe not the times we wanted him to. But if you're going to say Barcelona, I mean. The amount of money was, I think, just to give an example, 75% of their revenues were going to wages. Yeah. 75%. Now, you can say COVID, COVID, and COVID whacked the crap out of them. COVID whacked the crap out of everyone. Okay? And But to have that, you can't even register your free signings yet. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's so, tough. It's the same thing they were dealing with last year, you know, crazy. when they signed Aguero and everything else. Like, it's, it's all bad. It's all very, very bad. Um, Shubai, before we move on from the Richarlison Rafina discussion, do you have an opinion on either? Because I'll tell you right now, Scott said he'd he'd prefer Richarlison. I don't have an opinion. Like I'm I'm completely like out on even trying to decipher what would be better for the club. But do you have 
or, or, do you sit on one side of the fence or the other? I or you, you, I'm basically I'm gonna go with Charleston just because I haven't seen enough of Rafinha to make that assessment. And I just think Richarlison, no, I think TC said about a Swiss Army knife. He can play all three roles very well. He's basically an upgrade on Lucas. Yeah, you know, a massive upgrade on Lucas. And that's for me. I mean, I like Lucas. I'm not I mean, absolutely great. I'll be grateful for Lucas for that night in I you know, I'm saying I was in Hoboken, and, you know, getting Champions League. But I think when you look on that bench, the depth, the drop to Richarlison is nowhere near as bad as the drop to Lucas. But then he said that, you know what? I mean, I was really hoping Steve Lee could be that guy. I was really hoping. I, mean, I said that on the chat. It's such a shame that Steve Lee can't be that guy, but he's basically, here's, a, he's, here's someone that can get into most Premier League sides or definitely be, not maybe not top four, but between five and, say, 12. He, he'd be a starter. But, you know, we've had to say to him, look, sorry, mate, we just can't guarantee you the minutes. Yeah. And I think Richardson, especially, I mean, Richardson, he's got Brazil in the World Cup, so he's taken a massive chance to come to us. But he thought, you know what? I can take that chance. I mean, I think BBB for I mean, I love CBB, but whatever reason, he doesn't have the faith of his manager, and to, you know, to play him as much. I, for me, it's tough, and I'll tell you why. Um, I like the makeup of Richarlison as a player. If he wasn't Richarlison, yeah, I, I wish I wish I could say it any better than that. Um, I, I, wish, I wish you could too, because I'm not really sure I get what you mean. What I mean by that is like I have so many memories of just watching him playing, going, "Oh fuck, Richarlison!" That I just I, like I I have a really hard time wanting to root for that guy. On the flip side of that coin, I have so many moments of watching Rafinha where I'm like, "Oh, that was spicy! That guy absolutely needs to come to Spurs." <laughs> so, but I'm also I'm looking at that going the makeup of the of the the player is is different. Like the, he's obviously he being Rafinha is obviously a wing player, and yeah. we're looking for someone that can come. We have wing players that are relatively effective, um, and with the way that Conte sets it up, you need more of a of like a hold up. I, I mean, a more of a Swiss Army knife, I guess, is, is an easier way to play it. I like the idea of a hold of, of having a better hold up. Um, forward, kind of not quite in a Lorente mold, Scott, but someone that's a little bit more of a, a phys- that's not as much of a physical drop off. I think um, uh, Richarlison hits the deck a lot. Someone like right, someone so like Harry at- Kane, you mean? Oh, it was someone. Someone. Whoa. Listen, like I, I look at it more like like we were looking at Vlahovic before, like who obviously signed for Juve, um, but somebody in that mold, Scott, where it's like more of a physical striker that has that presence with the ability to like like Oveghorst. Not, wow. I, 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 I don't want to say that because that's more of like a lamppost kind of guy, right? Okay. I'm talking, I'm talking more of either you've got one or two ways to go with Conte. You You're either about go, a more athletic type of guy. Well, then Lorente at 35, yeah. Well, um, in in the mold of Richarlison. Not quite. And the reason why is because I don't like his play with the back of the goal as much as I think that I should in order for him to be to come in and and be the guy that we're looking for right there. I honestly like to be honest. I like the way that Dane Scarlett holds up play better than I like the way that Richarlison holds up play. If we're being honest about it, so I'm looking at this going: if we pull the trigger for 50 million on Richarlison, that means no Latara Martinez for me, which is the guy that I really want in, in this team, and, well, and that's well, a completely different style. Latara Martinez, right. he's like he's more than 50 million, man. He's, he's we're talking like 75, 18 million or something. And I'll pay that for him because of what he brings, Scotty. Yeah. Well, here, hold on, hold on. If the conversation is is Richarlison or Latara Martinez, like, <laughs> yeah, then we all, no. we all have the same answer, right? Yes, but, we do. But I think two things. One, I'm okay with having a striker who, you know, fundamentally, conceptually, whatever whatever word we want to try to drum up here is different than Kane, right? I'm okay with that. And I also, I my question to you, Todd, is if if and answer this honestly, like. Take take Eric Lamella and what he did outside of his goal involvement, right? Yeah. And then tell me that Lamella is going to be involved in twelve to fifteen goals a season. You'll take that all fucking day. Like that's a perfect guy uh, to have on the bench, okay. right? Okay. Like, and that's my point with Richarlison is I don't see how he's a lot different in the way he gets involved in the mind of another player than 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 Lamella is. Lamella also rolls around like a motherfucker, like Richarlison does. That's fine. Um, and, and ultimately, if I can have a guy like that on my team who's going to be involved in goals, 
I, there's no way Conte's not interested in that. And that's why I think their Charleston just has a little more links. But I think what what we what we what we have to believe at this point is that getting getting a deal done with Everton is a little more complicated than we want to believe, right? So well, it is, and 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 there's a lot of details that go into that between the Delhi signing and uh, Wink, Winks may be involved in a deal going back to Everton, uh, a la the 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 Hoybear Walker Peters thing um, from a few seasons ago with Southampton. Um, there's a lot of of moving parts when it comes to us dealing with Everton right now, and that could be you know this could be another thing that we're talking about in another four or five weeks, like right up until when the season starts, or maybe even and once the season has started. Well, sorry to cut you off, but that's a, that's another reason why I love that we're going after guys who are, have been in the Premier League for multiple seasons and, and been involved in, you know, double-digit goals in the Premier League for multiple seasons. Because if it takes until July 15th to sign these guys, like, we're probably still okay. Like, they're, they're going to be able to bet in as a bit part role yes. much easier than anyone f- f- with an unknown name from the French League, right? A, mil- a million percent. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. We're definitely changing as a club, and I'm impressed. Regardless and I think that of what happens, I think that Todd and Scott, I think you guys are making similar points in terms of the type of player that Richarlison is. He's kind of that bastard that you don't like to play against, but love to have wearing your shirt because he's going to be a bastard to other teams. In 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 a similar vein that Eric Lamella was for, for certain teams, he'd go come in and kick ankles and 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 bite kneecaps and do whatever. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of, and this is not a reference, unfortunately, that Shuban will get because it's a baseball reference, and I know he doesn't follow baseball whatsoever, but it reminds me a lot of a guy like Nick Swisher used to be, um, like a guy that you just kind of loved to hate, but when he was on your team, you, you probably enjoyed him a lot, or someone like Dustin Pedroia, maybe. Soul, soul Patch and Sideburns, is that, is that what yeah. we're getting at? Like, or like, Flavor like, Saver and Sideburns, that clown? Well, Players yeah. that like you know really get under your skin when they're on the other team, but then again, if you if you if you inject a little truth serum, um, all of a sudden you would have to admit that you would love to have that guy wearing your colors, and I Look, feel like that's where where Richarlison fits. Yes, I got, I got one. It was that player when he was playing for us though and playing well. He was that bastard. He was kicking players. He was he was that player as well. You can tell you can tell it by our Milton Keynes, but you can't tell the MK out of uh, out of the lad. And he was doing all that. So what I'm saying is, I'm not even that's whatever you could have said that baseball guy. But for me, it's not about how he does. Like, oh, he's that boss. For me, do you know what? Does he add to the team? Does he? Does he? Does he give something different? Because I was looking at say, look at City. I'm not, I was like, when they're talking about Jesus, we're not going to pass that. But they're saying, oh, we're not, we're not, we're not, I'll ask them, oh, you're not getting Jesus. I'm like, well, I'm not that bothered. We're not going to get him because when I look at City, I never thought. Oh my God, Jesus isn't playing. Jesus is playing. Isn't playing. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I'm not worried about him compared to Foden and Silva and um, what should I call it? Um, Morris. No, 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 I wasn't. I think the one thing I probably thought about Rafinha was the fact that he was he's very left-footed, just like Kula is. And I thought, well, do we want two of the same players? But Man, Man City manager, they've got Morris, Foden, and um, what's his name? Um, oh, was, oh, I forgot his name now. But uh, Bernardo Silva. Sorry, but we're also very, very left-footed. The right manager make him work. If Conte says, I want this person, we get whoever we can, as much as we make the effort. I mean, the best example I can give is that if you look at, say, Jota, look at Jota. They spent, what, 45 million on Jota? And they went, you must be crazy, but he's done very well. He's he stepped up his game. So maybe Richards can do that. I don't know. I think that's a really good apt comparison, Shuban. I think Jota is like we're looking for that type of player. And I think that yeah. Richarlison, Rafina, they're very much in that same ilk. I think that's exactly the, you know, and obviously Liverpool has been broken up a little bit with their front three. Jota's now kind of been elevated into their front three with Mane departing. But when you had Firmino, Salah, and Mane atop there, and you throw in Jota, and they obviously brought in uh, Diaz uh, from, was it Porto? Um, you know, <laughs> Those are the kinds of players you have to keep adding to replenish because because of all the things because because of when a player like Mane goes to Bayern or when somebody goes down with an you know Firmino barely played this past season if I'm not mistaken because of injuries and, and other things like when guys get go down you need other ones to step in and that is you know you need Premier League ready guys to your point Scott like Rafina, like Richarlison to, to jump into those roles. And, and a huge part, uh, another, and I'm sorry to just keep beating the Richarlison train, but I also, I, 
I, I think that there's like, and I don't know anything about Rafinha, but there's definitely a sports psychology piece to this too, because to the point about Diego, Diego Jota, the second he usurped, which he did actually, in my opinion, usurped Firmino, and he started yeah, getting I think the majority so. of the starts yeah. above with Mane and Salah, right? And so, like, let's say hypothetically, Richarlison comes in, the second he gets announced over a Kulisevsky in the starting lineup, Kulisevsky, I already know, is a guy who's going to be like, all right, game on, motherfucker. Like, see you at training tomorrow, right? Let's go. I suspect Richarlison is similar just the way that he approaches the the, the the game, right? He whines a lot, but I actually think that's somebody who's super competitive. Like, he's mentally invested in the game, right? I don't know anything about Rafinha, but part of me thinks that's something, if we're really acting like a big club, like, we better be figuring that shit out, right? That's super important to the type of player we're bringing in. And so I like Richarlison. I give him the edge in that category, too. But maybe that's a little bit unfair because I just don't have enough exposure to a guy like Rafinha, right? Well, and to your point, I saw a lot of, um, again, this is internet potato talk, but I saw a lot of, of these people posting about how they're they're unclear as to why we would be signing a player like Richarlison because there's no way he's going to start over Kulisevsky. But to your point, the second he does, that's what creates competition within a team, and that's what makes everyone better, is everyone you know, forcing competition within within squad positions and trying to make everyone else better and yeah there would be games where Richard, you know what there would be games where Richarlison starts over Hyungman son uh, totally. like i'm sorry th- th- there would need he to should. be in order for, just for rotation's sake if if he were to come on board so well, these absolutely. are all important we're, like, to make. we're so anemic as a fan base right now yes. it, it, <laughs> like we're just so afraid that there's not enough scraps of football to go around to keep all of our players happy at our club because we have media banging on 24/7 about how any good player we have at our club we should feel lucky to have and they're always looking to find an exit so fuck the media and fuck all of these people that think we need to have one player in one position because that's what football is all about. When you're playing in four competitions and you have a fucking World Cup dropped in the middle of your season, you have to have a large squad of players that are by and large interchangeable in the places that you can afford to make them interchangeable. So Dude. I think that to your very point, Scott, Richarlison, Rafinha, they all fit that mold of a proven Premier League player that can come in and instantly produce in a top six side. Totally, totally. I think I said it on an episode a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm absolutely done fucking waiting to bed these guys in. Like, I don't give a fuck. You go spend whatever it costs. Like, the the market is the market. Like, if I'm hungry as shit, I'm buying chicken that doesn't need to be thawed. Like, I'm just fucking doing it, right? Like, we're hungry right now. And we do not have time to wait. Exactly, man. Like, I don't have time (laughs) to wait for that shit to fucking take six months to thaw into the Premier League. Like, let's go. Um, So I'm I'm really excited, as you guys can tell. And I'm also, I didn't get a chance to touch on it. My own fault, right? I didn't jump in. But on these, on or maybe we didn't even talk about it on air. But when we discussed, you know, the three guys who were coming into camp, did we did we talk about that on air? Doherty, Skip, and and. well, I I briefly brought it up earlier. I mean, I think that's the, the those well, those three is it's a big deal that they're gonna it is hit the ground yeah, running. And it, yeah, and it ties into this convo because those are three guys who were having very good seasons and then watched the club do something incredible from the sidelines, right? So if obviously those three guys are and when I say do something incredible, like the last seven games run into to securing Premier League was incredible, right? And, and they were they were on the sidelines injured, so all three of them understand they have a lot on the line right now to to make sure that they stamp their involvement right. Because a good player, a good player's career can be stalled regardless of how good they are because of certain situations, right? And I'm not getting there. Skip will always be involved, but it's just so glad to, I'm so glad to see these these guys getting in, and obviously Doherty being clearly a part of the setup right competing with with whoever it, it is whether it's spence or whoever it ends up being a, a right wing back we are really seeing my point is we're seeing that the team is invested in this idea of depth and competition as well and they're hungry for it right um and if you're if you're a, a premier league or professional soccer player athlete of any sort who wants to win titles at the highest level you better be ready to share some of the some some of the food at the table right I would hope so for sure. Um, guys, this has been a fun conversation on Richarlison and Rafina, but like, honestly, there are so many other little transfer no- news and notes to, to bounce around. So I, th- I say we, we take a breather here and 
just dive into some like rapid fire stuff. First of all, let's start with Christian Erickson because that's something that has been going on for weeks. And I think we may potentially possibly almost surely have an answer in the next few days, but we don't really know because we thought we were going to have an answer like two weeks ago. Um, Shuban, you brought up the point earlier that, you know, all the, the papers were reporting that it was a done deal and he was coming back to Spurs weeks ago. And obviously now the reporting from folks like Fabrizio Romano is that he's deciding between Brentford and Manchester United. So who really fucking knows, but I've always been, I know you guys have all been all in on bring Erickson back. I've always kind of been very indifferent on the whole thing. I, I would, I like to see it happen. Sure. To me, it always felt like an icing on the cake sort of thing. Um, but where, where's our level of, you know, trust in, in all of these reports, or is this just one of those things that we're going to have to wait till the end? Because like I said, the latest reporting seems like Spurs have moved on, but I'm not even ruling it out that it could happen later this week that, that Erickson comes back to. Well, I saw like, there was nothing for ages, like the whole of May, nothing at all. And then I think what the last two weeks, June, before the last week before it actually happened, then then and then it was sort of rapid fire after that. So do you know what? Literally, no. Until you get like three or four, like not not just Ali Gold, not just for his but let's say at least four or five or six journalists talking about it, then I'm like, okay, this is more likely to happen. But when it's some crappy internet site, like I'm not going to mention them, but we, we, we you know what I'm talking about on YouTube that mentions it. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't give a shit. You're not a fucking journalist. You're just a bunch of spotty kids that have, have, have some cameras around. No. I want Erickson to come home. I've always said I want Erickson to come home. I think he's the perfect guy to come off of the bench and to play that type of, um, that type of, uh, you know, pick the lock sort of pass that we're going to need against teams that play a low and, and sometimes even a middle block, depending um, I think he knows Conte. He knows Conte's system. He knows how to fit into that system, even with his style of play. I think it just makes sense. However, um, what doesn't make sense about it is Christian needing to play regular first team minutes on a consistent basis prior to the Denmark World Cup run. Um, and so I think for that reason, he probably ends up staying in Brentford. Yeah. I think that's where he ends up staying as well. Scott, did you have any anything to add on Christian Eriksen? Yeah, he's coming to Spurs. My kid's in the mail. We're good. Um, okay, fair that's enough. about all I have to say. No, honestly, the 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 Romano, you know, report that he's choosing between Brentford and Man United. The club had Romano leak that. I'm fully convinced <laughs> that Romano is in the club's pocket at this point. And here's the thing: I, don't call me conspiracy theorist here at all. But I'm just gonna. Oh say no, it. we've never done that. <laughs> Fabrizio Romano, born in Milan. Fabrio Paratici, born just south of Milan. I did. The, the, these are facts. They they are close. They are buddies. They are probably from the same family, to be completely honest. And it is clear that Romano is doing the clubs, the clubs and the Lord's work. So Christian Eriksen, welcome back to Tottenham. It's a it's a really good thing that this is an audio medium, so that none of our listeners can see the tinfoil hat on your head. Um, Gareth Bale is uh, joining Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC of the MLS. Um, this one was kind of out of left field for me, and I it, it doesn't really relate to Spurs because I think we all kind of knew that Gareth Bale wasn't coming back to Spurs, but obviously he's a former Spurs player, a Spurs legend, and now he's going to be playing in the United States, which is kind of fucking wild and really cool as well. I've been to Cardiff and I've been to Los Angeles and I'm going to guess that LA's got slightly better golf courses. I know it's got a lot better weather and you know what? It, it suits them down to the ground. I mean, I'm not, I've look, I've always said the MLS is, I'm sorry. I like Dynamo. I love Dynamo. very orange. Uh, MLS is a, a lot of people in England see MLS as a retirement league for European players, for, for the older European players. And given the choice, I don't personally, I think it's a good move for him. He can play at the level he wants to. He can keep playing, play whenever he wants to. Much like Beckham did, actually. Beckham did a very similar. He plays, he played whenever he wanted for LA, and then he, he might come back to England a few times to play something. So yeah, he played in Milan because his wife had a uh, his wife had a fashion line uh, dropping over there. Did David Beckham? Like it, yeah, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit different when Beckham came. To be fair. Because yeah, it he was, was big, the, it was a really big. He was the first he was, big big name. He was the one, and then shortly thereafter, Robbie Keane came, and Steven Gerrard came, and eventually Fat Frank Lampart came. Um, Wayne Rooney, 
who? Uh, no, it's you're right. It, <laughs> um, the guy who looks like who now looks like a, a, a primary school teacher. Um, it's tough. Poor Wayne Rooney. Uh, we all age. Uh, no, it's. <laughs> uh, look, well, man, Todd, it, Todd, it's, Todd, it's, you don't live far from Los Angeles, are you? No, I'm obviously gonna go see him play. I'm yeah. obviously gonna go see him play. I'm gonna try to have him sign one of my kids' shirts. Like, what are you gonna do? I'm obviously gonna go see Gareth Bale play. It's fucking Gareth Bale. Like, you're gonna go watch him play, and especially against. It's the same reason why you know you see Zlatan play. It's because yeah. it's fucking Zlatan. It's pretty. It's it's pretty cool. I, I I like it. Scott, you obviously don't believe that he's going to LA. You think uh, Fabrizio Romano is going to report bail to Spurs soon, right? For sure, LAFC is okay. a big smoke screen. No, <laughs> 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 all jokes aside, I'm I'm really stoked about this. You know, I'll get to watch him at Lumen as well at least once a season if he's around long enough for me to do that. But. Um, See. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't. Yeah, think I don't. I don't, worry about I don't either. I, I mean, I my feeling guy, we might be seeing Bale hold up a hold up a retirement presser uh, like what February? Yeah, well, shortly well, after he honestly, holds up the MLS Cup, I wouldn't. I would imagine exactly. And here's the deal: like my 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 uh, my my wife's cousin and and I were talking yesterday and had a great conversation about this, and he had a great shout. You know, LAFC should should in theory end up playing till about the middle of October uh end of october which jets you right into the world cup and then the season's over and you don't have to report back to lafc right so um it makes a ton of sense it's a it's an opportunity for him to not only compete but really carry a team which is he's going to have to do for wales right so it's a very comfortable position for him to prepare for the world cup from and dude six months chilling in fucking los angeles pebble beach keep a standing tea time open for the guy and (laughs) I, I think it's Pebble Beach is in LA or is it San Diego? It's, it's definitely not. It's definitely not, not even close, but it's a no. short Jesus. PJ ride. We're, We're good. Fine. What a terrible yeah. fucking job I did to try to make a sweet <laughs> job. But there's, whoever, there's a lot of, you can go to Riviera or LA yeah. country club or there's, there's a there's, lot of nice golf courses. He's fine. Yeah. To be fair, and Gary, the L, LAFC is at the top of the standings in, in the MLS right now. They just re-signed Carlos Vela beforehand. They just signed Chiellini. Like you say, he's going to, like have to carry your team all he has to do is show up and be gareth bale against a bunch of panamanian farmers and college well, kids from the u.s he's going to be better than everyone on his team is my point right As i mean a, he's better than everyone on most teams he plays for unless you're he's a galactico right he's fucking he's gareth bale yeah but okay and that, now i'm just arguing with you for the sake of it because it's fun but let's that. say let's say he goes to spurs that's yeah. not the case right like he's not well he's, not now Ah, that's what happens. What happens is you stop, you talk meaningless shit, and your internet goes out, and now you're going to have to hear about this on the actual pod itself. Nonsense he will, from you, which he will not listen. To. Not at all. Not a chance. Uh, but. Let's let's bounce around <laughs> to some other topics and move on from Gareth Bale because, like I said, it's cool. We're all yeah. rah rah. Good for him. Go. I'm going to watch him go, play. Go, that's yeah. It. Go, Gareth Bale. Um, Todd, you wanted to talk. There's a there's a Tangi and Dambale moving moving on to Turkey rumor that you wanted. To yeah, the, there's there's stuff that's rumbling uh, about the fact that um, nobody in a legitimate league in Europe wants to sign Tangi and Dambale, and I get that. And so he's going to end up in Turkey. So far, what we're hearing is Galatasaray um, is going to do like a loan to buy option. I think he goes over there and pulls a Georgia Kevin and Kudu and rips it up. I think he does a great job in Turkey, uh, and I think that because of that, we're going to recoup about half of what we spent on him all in all, when we're talking about like wage recoup from Leon last year and what this eventual like loan to buy deal will do, um, which ultimately is going to make him probably the biggest bust of, uh, well, I mean, he was our record signing. So this is obviously a bust, uh, but we just kind of take our L and keep it moving. And I think that this is going to be a, a footnote in the uh, story of success in the latter stages of the Enoch reign here for Tottenham. Yeah, and and taking the L is something that this club, in order to become a big club, has to do. I think that's yeah. that's what all big clubs do. They 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 sign players that don't work out all the time, and then they eat it, quite literally. Um, the other rumor that you wanted to mention was uh, an Alistair. Well, it's the Gold same report. rumor that comes out every year, man. Right, the Alistair Gold report that Enoch could be looking to sell within the next year. Well, I also heard that, that Enoch may be looking to sell the naming rights to the stadium sometime in the next year. But we've been hearing <laughs> that for an equal amount of yeah. time, right? So it's, you know, I'm not, not getting my knickers in a knot about it. But realistically, I think that the last, as you're looking at this now, I think two full years 
of full plus cha- in and a year including Champions League revenue at home is ultimately like once you sell the naming rights and you have those projected numbers with Champions League football, that is the crescendo of the Enoch project. Like, and, and obviously when I say the Enoch project, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about Tottenham on the field. I'm talking about what Enoch is trying to do to make this the biggest and best entity that they possibly can before they fucking sell it for billions and billions of dollars. And so we're approaching that crescendo quickly. I think we're back about three years because of, of, um, well, to be fair, the mismanagement of projects when the stadium was being built and COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. So here we are. Um, I think that we've done an excellent job of kind of uh, parlaying the costs of COVID and the stadium over the course of the last 18 months to kind of put ourselves in a net neutral position. So now we're going into a summer where Enoch bought in for another 2% so that when that comes back tenfold this in the, over the course of the next year, in the next year of football, Lady Gaga, Anthony Joshua, all of that, plus the name, naming rights come in. Now you're looking at a project that you can literally put a bow on and sell to someone with big fat pockets. And then you're looking at Daniel Levy, Scrooge McDucking his way through gold coins. In a, in We're going to find out if he can swim through gold coins. We're going to find out. He's going to try. Which is, you know, fine. As long as the you know the the club stays where it's going and on the track it's going, I don't care. And if, if he wears that one piece Scrooge McDuck swimsuit, that's all I want. I would also like to see him in a monocle, but that might be pushing it. That might be <laughs> that coming. might be a little too far. It's coming. Uh, Shuban, the the England under nineteen team has been in the Euros. Uh, they're into the semis now. I, be, I believe against Italy. Is that right? Um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. The, um, I've seen. Um, I've been able to watch Dane Scarlett. He's made a couple of starts, scored a couple of goals, had an assist. Alfred Devine's had a goal and assist. And you know what? I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I, said, I, said, I said this to TC. I'm very lucky that TC is a most restrained member of the pod. He's not really overexcited about this and kind of stuff because I think Fernando Torres, he made his like international debut, re-announced himself in 2002 at the first year of the 2019 Championships. But a lot of players don't progress. I've never seen Josh Onoma and I think it was a U17 or U18s years ago. I was in the pub watching it, and I don't know how many of these kids are going to make it through. None of them did. You know, it's literally it's fun. It fills a void because I get to watch a bit of football. I get to watch a Spurs player. I did get to see Dane Scarlett and Stevenage last season. Um, they the U23s. I think were playing, and they were playing Chelsea U23s. They actually slaughtered. But I did. I, I thought, you know what? I, I've got more chance of seeing these Spurs kids make it to the first team than any of the Chelsea players, kind of thing. And, you know, you know I said, I wish him well. He's, he's doing his job. He's getting game time. And like I said, hopefully um, Conte is watching this and he'll probably say, do you know what? When you, when you start your preseason with me as well, I'm going to get a good look at you. I'm maybe going to loan you out. And therefore, hopefully say, do you know what? You, you know, I like what I'm seeing, but do you know what? I need to get you out on loan, get a preseason somewhere else. Get you some, you know, some first team minutes. Not just him, Alpha Divine as well. What I'm hoping to see though more is the fact that when we loan players, we actually loan them together because obviously it's like some Alpha Divine and Scarlet have a partnership. So that I want to see them develop that partnership somewhere else. Not just like you go here, you go there. I don't think it works. I think if you have someone who you know, like a teammate, that helps you settle. I think Jen also you you build that chemistry as well. So I'm hoping. That whichever team we sell, you know, we send them to on loan, we're asking to incubate our eggs for us, basically. They're also going to incubate a bit of chemistry as well. But, like I said, just see what happens, really. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. One more, um, thing, one more thing I wanted to say was um, I was so hoping to, because obviously Spurs are playing their matches, those ladies are playing their matches in Brisbane Road. So the thought of saying Kaz trying to eat jelly deals. <laughs> <laughs> Because now she's finally going to get to see her Spurs ladies in America. And I'm like, I was so looking forward to seeing her going away. Like, oh, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. I ain't touching that pie and mash. I ain't touching that. I ain't definitely touching that. And now she's going to somewhere in Kentucky. I have no idea where. So apologies to Kentucky. I don't know you very well, but from your fried chicken, but you're going to have Spurs ladies. Yeah, you've hit the transition perfectly. That's where we were exactly going next. Um Caroline's not with us today, but uh, we do have a little bit of Spurs women's news to talk about. The women's team has announced uh, that Spurs women will be in Louisville, Kentucky, August 14th through 20th for the Women's Cup. 
Um, it's a double elimination tourna- tournament that includes uh, NWSL sides, uh, OL Reign and Racing Louisville, as well as AC Milan. I believe there's a team from Japan and I think Mexico as well involved. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, if, if you live around Kentucky or can get there, I think that I think that Caroline was going to try and get out there um for this event which uh, again is august 14th through 20th in louisville you can find more information at thewomenscup.world um but really cool that they're going to be able to play in a preseason tournament stateside and then head back over to england for the start of the uh the women's super league season which does not get underway uh until like i think it's the first or second week of september so they're starting about a month after the premier league season starts obviously you know, fewer games that they play and, and no, uh, no world cup for them to deal with in the middle of their season. So they're starting at a more traditional time on the calendar, but, um, really cool that the women's team is getting involved, uh, in a, in a preseason tournament here in the States. And that will be really cool to see. Um, also shout out to, to Caroline. She's, uh, she's doing some work, uh, on a new podcast N17 women you could follow them at N17 women um follow you them should you, follow them you, you, at you, you N17 need, women you, you need to thank you um and that does not mean that Caroline will be uh, departing the Tottenham Depot she's still very much a part of this podcast uh we would not have it any other way we I, love I, having I, her. yeah crucial crucial part of us and uh and and she's going to be you know bouncing around doing some stuff for them as well and 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 she has a you know a newsletter go go subscribe to all of caroline's stuff at cg steph go if you want more information on the women's team if you want to be able to, to to grow your your spurs mind in that way and follow the women's team a little more and women's football in general which is um really you know had quite the moment i know that todd has been <laughs> loving what alex morgan's been doing in san diego mm-hmm. uh, in the nwsl and uh yeah, so you know, go go follow Caroline and go follow her new uh, her new podcast adventure N Seventeen Women, and check out the women's team in Louisville this August, which should be really cool to to check out. Uh, it should be fun. So apparently, Chicago uh, Spurs are not bringing them Malort, so it's safe. If you are feel worried about Malort being anywhere near you guys in Louisville? Apparently, they're not bringing them Malort this time. That 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 was a whole natural thing. So yeah, don't so, don't, uh, don't need that. Ahead, Before we get out of here, I just want to uh, take the place of Scott Radamus for just one second and say that we are signing another player this week. Just saying, it does feel kind of that way, doesn't it? And and I frankly, I have to be honest with all of you. And if you've made it to this part of the podcast, we know that you are a P one listener. Um, <laughs> I was on vacation all this past week. You could probably hear a little bit in my voice. Um, you know, dealing with travel and and allergies and this and that, but uh, I was stressing this podcast a little bit this week, wondering what the hell we were going to talk about, because there really has been truly no news regarding Spurs. There's always just rumors, and I have a feeling that next week's pod will be a little bit easier to program, because I do think we're going to have to see some action this week. Um, you know, even if it's more just technical rumors, I think it's going to be a little more definitive. So this is forward. your appetizer pod for the meat and potatoes that will be next week. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really going to be getting into it in the next few weeks because honestly, shit's going to start happening. I mean, like I said, the club's starting to get together over the next week and a half or two, and and they're going to be off to, to South Korea, um, you know, in another less than less than two weeks now. So for sure. Or meat and veg for our, our keto friends. That's fine, too. Yeah, but definitely, we spoke about the Spurs women. Obviously, we're watching here from from my side of the pond the horrible things that have happened in your courts, which are going to affect women. All I know is just just to know that the Spurs, we all literally in the UK, there's a lot of support for you know you know a lot of support against that ruling kind of thing, and we're very much supporting. And like I said, her body, her choice, her game too. Well said, Shoops. Uh, that's going to do it for us here at the Tottenham Depot. You can follow our dearly departed Scott, whose internet crapped out on us about three quarters of the way through this thing at DSM Spurs. Uh, we still love him, even though I don't know what's going on with that internet of his. Who knows? Uh, Todd is at TC underscore Kashow. Shuban is at the real Shuban, and I am at A Stetka. More importantly, follow us at Tottenham Depot on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Leave us a rating and review. And by the way, subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app of choice. That really Absolutely. helps because then. Then the podcast just gets dumped right in and downloads for you, and it's right there for you, and you don't have to worry about coming and searching for us. Subscribe on your podcast app of choice to the Tottenham Depot. Until next week, we will holler at you again. This has been the Tottenham Depot Podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. 
Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>